the perils of accelerated human evolution and the downsides of a life without pain are explored with typical brilliance by David Cronenberg in his latest movie. I'm Stephen Archibald and welcome to my movie podcast. and welcome to They Came From Within Cult Movie Reviews Long Live the New Flesh Crimes of the Future 2022 To the uninitiated be warned Crimes of the Future is not your typical horror slash sci-fi movie It could even be labelled as an acquired taste Sure It has its graphically horrific moments, but its fairly sedate pace and often gorgeous art house visuals may put some people off. I'll now attempt to give you a synopsis of the movie's seemingly impenetrable plot. Sometime in the future, huge advances in biotechnology and computing have enabled Homo sapiens to evolve physically. As a consequence, the vast majority of humans feel no physical pain at all and infectious diseases have been eliminated. With such a reduction in sensual capabilities, people have to find darker ways to feel stimulated and alive, which is why performance artists such as the couple Saul Tensor and Caprice exist. Saul not only has the rare ability to feel pain and discomfort, he can also grow unusual organs within his body, organs which Caprice regularly operates on and removes in front of delighted audiences. Tensor is cursed or blessed with a condition which is termed Accelerated Evolution Syndrome. A government department, known as the National Organ Registry, is trying to prevent human evolution from advancing any further. The registry is locked in a fierce conflict with a group of radical evolutionists, and they pin their hopes on Tensor infiltrating them on their behalf. It's pretty heady stuff, but I believe very much worth sticking with. The sublime Danish-American actor Viggo Mortensen stars as Saul Tensor, a part which marks his fourth outstanding contribution to a Cronenberg film. The three previous being A History of Violence from 2005, Eastern Promises from 2007 and A Dangerous Method from 2011, in which he got to play the granddaddy of psychoanalysis, Sigmund Freud. David Cronenberg began working on the script in the late 1990s, and the movie was originally supposed to go into production in 2003, 
under the title Painkillers. For a number of reasons, the project failed to get off the ground. But Cronenberg made the wise decision to hone and refine the script years later. He chose to retitle it Crimes of the Future. A bold move, considering he'd already released an experimental movie with that name back in 1970. Such a cool title, however, deserves to be used twice. And it's germane to both pictures anyway. Whilst preparing the then-called Painkillers movie, David gave a typically absorbing interview with Variety, dated the 20th of May 2002. He revealed that he was reading the German philosopher Arthur Schopenhauer's book, The World as Will and Representation. Many of its ideas seemed to chime with his own, with David concluding, to quote, I'm exploring the idea that if the body is reality, all of our perceptions are through the body, and that if you change the body, you change the world. And just think of how much the technological and scientific landscape has indeed altered in the 21 years since this interview, both to our advantage as well as our detriment. David's older sister, Denise, was a highly regarded costume designer. She worked on each of his movies from 1986's The Fly onwards. Sadly, she passed away in May 2020. So, this is David's first picture without his sister's creative input. Another notable absence was that of the fine British cinematographer, Peter Shuzitsky. Peter, had worked on Cronenberg's movies since Dead Ringers from 1988. Even so, the film was beautifully shot and framed by the Canadian Douglas Cock. There's so much for us die-hard Cronenberg fans to admire about Crimes of the Future. It came as a wonderful surprise to me to see several visuals and setups in the movie which bear a strong resemblance to other Cronenberg masterpieces. Powerful echoes of Videodrome, The Fly, Naked Lunch, and so forth. I found this rather moving, as well as delightful. It was almost as if these sequences from his other movies were being snugly superimposed over this movie. And yet, Crimes of the Future 2022 has very much its own unique identity. Lea Sado, the beautiful French actress, known globally for portraying Bond's great love, Inspector and No Time to Die, co-stars as Saul's partner and fellow performance artist Caprice. The part of Caprice was originally supposed to be played by Natalie Portman. Unfortunately, Covid-related complications put pay to that. Therefore, Leia, who had been picked 
to play Tim Lin, one of the investigators from the National Organ Registry, took Natalie's part. The Tim Lin role was subsequently filled by Kristen Stewart. Kristen's performance isn't as impressive as those given by Vigo and Leia, but it's solid enough. Someone who is worthy of a mention is Scott Speedman. He movingly portrays Langdotrice, a grieving father at the centre of the story, a man whose murdered child had the ability to ingest and digest plastic items. The excellent Howard Shaw provided the quality music score. Apart from The Dead Zone, which was scored by Michael Kamen, Shaw has worked on every one of Cronenberg's movies since The Brood from 1979. This talented Canadian has composed several award-winning scores for other directors. He received much acclaim for scoring the Lord of the Rings trilogy and has provided the music for no less than five of Martin Scorsese's films. Back when the project was known as Painkillers, Nicolas Cage was first in line to play Saul Tenser. Now, I love Cage. Whether he's playing wild and crazy or quiet and morose, but I could not imagine him being better suited than Mortensen in the part. Ray Fiennes, who starred in Cronenberg's laudable 2002 movie Spider, is one of the few actors who could have matched Vigo. What's ironic is that when Cage was no longer involved with painkillers, so to speak, it was Fiennes who was next in line for the part. Crimes of the Future was filmed in Athens between the 2nd of August and the 10th of September 2021. Due to its challenging nature and the fact only a modest amount of money was spent on marketing it, the movie sadly failed at the box office. However, the beauty of any great film is that it will find more than enough admirers over time. I'm Stephen Archibald and thanks very much for listening to my podcast. They came from within cult movie reviews. If you're a Facebook or YouTube listener, you can find all of my podcasts on Podbean, iTunes or Spotify. Look after your good self and goodbye for now.